Hello and welcome again to the Salmon Trout Steelheader Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Holmgren, and this episode is brought to you by Amato Books, A-M-A-T-O books.com. And I'd like to recommend the Wild Steelhead book by J.D. McPhail. It has a bunch of wonderful information and dispels certain myths which are prevalent in the fishing community. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today is one particular myth. And this will just be a short episode about something that I've seen online so much and is so often misunderstood. Many of you guys already know this information, but it seems like this information needs to be spread more. And it has to do with Chinook salmon. And in particular, it has to do with the topic of the so-called quote-unquote white king. Now... Here's the thing is uh, Chinook naturally near the end of their life cycle, whether it is the common red flesh Chinook um, or what we will discuss later as a white king or ivory king near the end of their life cycle when they are about to spawn and they are putting the nutrition in their body into the spawning process and starting to deteriorate, their meat will get worse and worse as they get closer to spawn, and then by the time they spawn, it gets really bad, and eventually you have a Chinook that is not worth eating. Perhaps it won't kill you, but it provides very little nutritional value. And it is common near spawn for even any red flesh Chinook to turn white. So I want to describe a couple different variations of Chinook and how their life cycle occurs. So first of all, to people in the Washington and Oregon range, as well as Canada, um, you'll be familiar with a ocean maturing versus a river maturing Chinook. This is kind of like the episode that I did recently, which if you haven't listened to it, listen to it. It's called, you know, kind of something about summer versus winter steelhead. And the whole idea is that genetically, there is predispositions to either reach sexual maturity in the ocean and then enter the river or to reach sexual maturity in the river after a fish has been there for a number of months. And this is something that is actually identifiable by a genetic marker. And we could talk more about that. I'd like to have Shane Anderson back on the podcast to talk about that new genetic finding. But Let's talk about the runs of Chinook and different life cycles that they have. So first of all, Chinook are born out of eggs, um, of course, and develop as fry and then juvenile, quote unquote, smolt or whatever you may call them in their juvenile stage when they get a uh, kind of a chrome look to them. Eventually they migrate to the ocean. But in terms of returning fish, there is a lot of genetic variability. But the main two terms that would be used would be ocean maturing or river maturing. So in the Columbia River Basin that I have been a native of my entire life, we would generally refer to these as spring Chinook or fall Chinook. Now the spring Chinook are going to arrive and migrate upriver long before they are about to spawn. And they have extra fat reserves 
and some of the most delectable meat you can find because they are entering the river months, many months away from spawn. There's a lot of uh, diversity there. There's certain runs where they may spawn a little quicker. There's some lower river tributaries where those spring chinook are going to try to spawn, you know, within a few months, whereas some of the upriver fish may take eight, nine, ten months. You know, there's all these variations in that run. But the general idea is that they will complete their ocean migration and enter the river before they have developed fully formed eggs and fully formed sperm sacs. And they will move upriver in the spring or into the summer, and there's kind of a quote-unquote summer Chinook run, and even that run has a lot of genetic variability. But either way, these fish have premium meat, and they will move upriver, and even as they get a bit sunburned and darkened, these fish that have those genetics can actually have incredible meat still, even when they have kind of bronzed up or turned a bit brown, those spring and summer Chinook. They can be surprisingly good as table fare, even if they have started to turn color. And that's largely related to being in fresh water and seeing the sun and kind of getting a quote-unquote sunburn, although that is not a scientific term at all. Whereas, if you get an ocean-maturing Chinook, they are going to enter tidewater, the estuary of a river, and already be pretty close to spawning. It could be a month, it could be three weeks, it could be five days. And with this in mind, with the fall return, you have kind of an upriver bright idea, and so these would be fish that return in the fall, However, they have a really long journey to get up to a place like in the upper Columbia, for instance, you know, maybe up and into Idaho. And so when they first return in the river, although they have matured a lot more than a Springer would per se in tidewater, they still have a ways to go and they've got a lot of fat. And while they're chrome, they're probably going to have really good red meat. And those are the most desirable in the Columbia River during that fall run. So essentially, these fish will enter tidewater. And the farther they have to go upriver, the better their meat is just because they have timed it right in order to enter the river and swim hundreds of miles up. So they're still going to have a lot of fat and um, a lot of oils. And so upriver brights when it comes to fall Chinook and buoy 10 and all that stuff, they are the most desirable. Now, there is a very common name for the lower river spawning stock, especially the ones that show up in August and early September. In the lower Columbia River, they are referred to as tules, T-U-L-E-S. Now, these fish generally have a giant adipose fin. They are stinky. You can smell them when you catch them. And these are bound for mostly tributaries below the Bonneville Dam, with a few exceptions. And these fish will really develop a very developed egg or sperm sac uh, out in the ocean before they even enter tidewater and into the estuary. As a result, these fish, because they've been in the ocean and a salmon in the ocean, will remain chrome and they will enter the river and swim up quickly and they may only have a few days 
to under a month to spawn. And so, those fish often, online, I see this all the time, get mistaken for a quote-unquote white king. Now, because they have put so many nutrients and so much energy into their sexual organs, these fish will start to lose the red color that they may have had out in the ocean months prior. And they will turn mushy and low nutrients and will kind of develop a white flesh or a pale flesh. Although often you'll see a little residual red or orange or pink in their meat. Now these lower river spawners, especially the tulies, are not white kings. At least what is referred to as a white king or an ivory king. And these fish are simply not that great of table fare. And they are essentially just near spawn, and that's why they don't have the color that they once had. In fact, a tule salmon, if caught several months prior, can actually be a fairly high-quality fish. But by the time it gets right around the mouth of the river, it really loses its color and ends up uh, just being a low-quality fish. Now, you may think of tulies, and I see many people refer to any brown chinook or any dark chinook as a tule. That's not necessarily the case. You can get springers that turn brown, uh, uh, and they are not what is truly a tule genetic fish. Um, so... A true tule is a lower river Columbia spawner, as named. However, there are fish on the Oregon and Washington coast, and I would assume elsewhere as well, you know, California, of course, that are what are referred to as lower river spawners. And I've seen this in places like the Salmon River and a couple other rivers on the Oregon coast where these fish come in sexually mature and in the first couple days, they're really chrome. They can even have that blue or purple chrome look. But within a few days of sitting in the hole, they quickly turn and their meat turns as well. And they turn into a quote-unquote boot. And these fish are not ideal. You're going to want to get them as soon as they enter from the ocean or quickly after. So, um, now those fish like I said, are just simply an ocean-maturing fish, and they can get a white flesh when they are about to spawn, even if they're still chrome, although a lot of them will turn brown and, of course, black eventually. It all depends on the genetics. You have some fish in Alaska that will kind of get a reddish color, like a coho or sockeye, uh, chinook-wise, but ultimately, a chinook near the end of its migration, its meat is going to deteriorate. It's going to get mushy. It's going to get white. It happens with pretty much all of them. Now, when it comes to a true white king, an ivory king, this is a specific type of Chinook salmon which has an anomaly in its genetics that is unable to process the pigmentation of its prey from shrimp and krill and such into red meat. Now, those ivory kings are specific to a few rivers and streams, and 
In an article I read on Alaska.gov, it says that essentially all white kings come from the rivers and streams from the Fraser River in British Columbia, Columbia, north to the Chilkat River in southeast Alaska. Biologists with the Alaska Department of Fish and Game estimate that overall approximately 5% of the king population in this region carry the recessive trait that produces the white flesh. However, there are river systems where upwards of 30% of their fish have the white flesh trait. That said, there are some smaller river systems within the Fraser River watershed where nearly 100% of the population are white fleshed kings. So, this is a genetic marker that only happens in certain streams and especially in the Fraser uh, River tributaries in Canada. So, if you are fishing the ocean and you're fishing around the Canada and Alaska region, there is a chance that you will encounter one of these white kings. But as far as around the Washington and Oregon coast and Northern California coast, it is extremely rare for a white king to be anywhere down there because by the time they make their migration... Uh, in the northern parts of the Pacific Ocean, they will return to their tributaries without spawning down to the Columbia and Oregon areas where there is no known populations of Chinook with that genetic makeup. However, all the time the mistake is made where people will catch a lower river spawner or a tule from the Columbia River or the Oregon coast or the Washington coast or Northern California. And just because it is chrome, they will assume that this fresh Chinook salmon should have red flesh. And when they cut it open and see a pale white or really pale pink meat, they will announce that it is a white king, whereas it has absolutely nothing to do with the white king is simply a chinook salmon that is turned its meat has lost the nutrition it has put those nutrients into its spawning uh, organs and that's the only reason it is white and often those fish will have residual pink orange or red meat along with it now, there are some cases, of course, where it's just straight white. I've seen that in summer steelhead that I've caught um, right before or after spawning. Their nutrients are gone and they have turned white. That does not mean it's a white steelhead, just like it, a lower river spawner is not a white king. A true ivory king will have, at least when it is in the ocean or fresh to the river, it will have firm, marbled, fatty, oily meat that is a pretty pure white. No residual red, no residual pink. And those fish are excellent table fare and they get sold for excellent money as well. Whereas anything with that white, mushy, pre-spawn meat is not an ivory king unless you caught an ivory king right before spawn in the tributary that it is in. So this is just a myth that I'd like to address. If you're in the Columbia River region or the Oregon coast, Northern California, and you catch a chrome fish or a darker fish with white meat, 
there is almost no chance it is a true ivory king. And if you do find one, one with beautiful marbled fatty oiled meat that is perfectly ivory white, then certainly get in touch with your local biologist. I'd love to hear about it. But most of those white meated kings that you are catching simply are a king salmon near spawn. There's nothing wrong with that if you do encounter one and harvest it, if it's a hatchery fish and it ends up not having quality meat. I wouldn't recommend smoking it like many people say. You know, maybe use it as fertilizer in your garden or something to that extent. I've certainly made the mistake. I remember September 2nd, my birthday, on a tributary catching a perfectly chrome chinook knocking it on the head. It was a hatchery fish, bringing it home, excited, cut it open. It was almost completely white, but it was that early return, lower river spawner, and I didn't end up eating it. Um, I believe I actually put it in the river, the whole filet and the rest of the flesh, uh, and gave it to the fry and the smolt that were in that river. And that is something you can do with a subpar fish, as well as the remains of a fish that you have already filleted. Go to your local river that is a salmon steelhead trout bearing stream and throw those remains into the river for the fry to feed on. Because a lot of the nutrition that fry and smolt grow bigger and healthy on are dead salmon. So it's not going to be destructive to them to throw a king that has white meat into the river. That is very natural and bugs and fish and all sorts of life will feed off of that fish. So guys, just keep it in mind and please spread this around to your friends. If you listen to this podcast, tell your friends. We just see it way too often online and with different people People claiming that a mushy white Chinook is an ivory king, and we really need to clear that up. Just so people know, don't try to eat a white Thule lower river spawner. And unfortunately in the Great Lakes, I'm sorry guys, we sent you out uh, the Thule salmon for the most part. And so while they may be a pretty decent eating fish while they're in the lake feeding, by the time they get into your river, they are not a quality fish to eat. While you might not die, I certainly wouldn't recommend eating a Great Lakes tributary fish by any means. And also, light pink, that doesn't mean a good fish. If it's pink meat, you might want to reconsider. You want a deep orange or a fire truck red when it comes to salmon and steelhead. So anyway, this is just something I'd appreciate it if you could spread it out to your friends. Like I said, most of you guys know this, but there are some people who haven't been educated yet. It's not their fault. They just haven't learned about it. So please tell them about this phenomenon that Chinook go through of turning into white meat or pale pink. And if you do catch an actual ivory king, congratulations to you. But you're probably up in Canada or Alaska in the ocean or around the Fraser River and its tributaries. And I would love to taste one someday. I hear they are wonderful. Although a lot of people that have caught them said they're just about the same as a nice, high-quality, red flesh king salmon. Again, thank you for listening to the Salmon Trout Steelheader podcast. I'd like to cover some other myths that are around 
And uh, if you have any questions or suggestions or you'd like to get in touch, my name is Lucas Holmgren, L-U-C-A-S-H-O-L-M-G-R-E-N, media at gmail.com. Lucas Holmgren Media at gmail.com. Get in touch with me. And remember, guys, the best way to support this podcast is by going to salmontroutsteelheader.com and getting a subscription. There's nothing better than getting that magazine in the mailbox with the latest and greatest info. Thanks again to Amato Books and all of you listeners. It means the world to me, world to me, rather, uh, to meet you guys on the river and talk about fishing. Find me on Instagram or Facebook, Lucas Holmgren. Let me know what you think. We'll see you next time.